Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, After having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and you are listening to the third episode of season five, the season of grace here today. And what's great about today is I'm actually recording this while I'm looking at the faces of my four children who are surrounding me and have promised to be quiet, which um, would be quite a feat if I can get through this uh, talk (laughs) while they're quiet. So, and the dog. And the dog's here. So um, I have an audience today. But starting next month, friend, uh, next week, actually, the plan is to have season five's content curated by young women with real stories and faith questions. Our hope every month is to introduce a young woman who shares with me about her stories and honest questions regarding Jesus and Christianity. Much like season four, we'll also have guests on to address that um, those questions from a Christian perspective the questions and objections those young women share. And you guys, like I mentioned last week here, I'm very excited about this. I've now recorded all of the monthly intro episodes for this season. I still need to edit them. Um, But I'm so looking forward to sharing those with you. These amazing young women I've connected with through this process. I'm excited for you to meet them. And just a side note, an important commercial. If you support this podcast on Patreon, Hey, shout out to all of you. Thank you so much. And for those of you not familiar with how Patreon works, you can support this podcast creation with a starting pledge of $5 a month. And in exchange, you get bonus content. So there's a special Patreon episode each month for those of you supporting this podcast that way. And this month, I'll be giving you a sneak peek of what's to come this year for season five, including a brief overview of the young women whose stories will be shared in their questions. So if you're not already supporting this podcast in that way, uh, this would be a great month to check out the perks and you can cancel at any time. So please just go over to findingsomethingreal.com and click support at the top of the page to learn more. For me personally, this format of inviting young women to ask questions and then address them from a Christian perspective, it is promoting empathy and understanding of other people's journeys. And just as I've shared previously, It also evokes in me as a Christian a real feeling of wonder as I consider the indescribable beauty of our God. As my friend and former podcast guest Janelle Davis has shared here, the true gospel 
is life-changing and miraculous, not just for someone who looks like you or me, not just a person of a certain skin color and a certain age living in a certain country with a certain lifestyle, but for absolutely everyone across this planet. The true gospel crosses cultural boundaries. Last week I shared about something I saw from Tim Keller talking about all the major world religions. It was a graph that showed the geographic distribution of religious groups. Christianity was the one most evenly dispersed around the globe. Unlike other religions that tend to stay close to where they originated, Christianity is literally being taken to the ends of the earth. So what is it about Jesus that transcends cultural barriers? What is it about what relationship with him means, restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love that accounts for the worldwide spread of a faith started by the story of the death and resurrection of some guy and 12 devoted followers coming out of a remote area of the world? What is it about Jesus and why is he so special? As one of my favorite authors, Philip Yancey said in his classic book, The Jesus I Never Knew, No one who meets Jesus ever stays the same. And so far this month, I've shared about some things that for me make Jesus Christ so uniquely set apart, holy, compelling, and beautiful. I've shared about real in the Finding Something Real podcast name being an acronym for restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. And I've talked about the significance of eternity and restoration so far. But today I'm going to wrap up with talking about authenticity and love specifically. And part of the reason my kids are around is because I thought maybe they would like to listen to this as well. Authenticity, if you look it up on Google or the dictionary, means the quality of being authentic. To be authentic means of undisputed origin, genuine, original, real, being fully trustworthy, having an origin supported by unquestionable evidence, authenticated, verified. The Latin root for authenticity is author, which is interesting. In fact, I found an article in The Guardian that said being authentic is about being your own author, your own creativity, your own ability to be whoever you want to be, not revealing something but building and showing yourself to the world. And I would dare say that most of the Western world nowadays, authenticity is about being true to you. That's what people say. You be you, boo. Just do you. Be your own best self. Follow your heart. Be authentic to you. But actually, I don't agree with that at all. And I don't think scripture does either. Authenticity is about being true to what the author created when he created us. If you don't believe me, think about a painting. The painting doesn't create itself. It's a masterpiece that's artistic value is determined by the master artist who created it. It's the author who gives the piece authenticity. Consider these words from Pastor John Piper from a sermon he gave in 1982 titled, Why Jesus is Precious. He argues that most people have a deep longing to be living lives that are congruent with their inner lives. He says, it creates tremendous stress and guilt when your energies are devoted to appearing rather than being. We don't like it. We want to change. We want to be authentic. Piper goes on to say, quote, Jesus is precious because through him alone can our longing for authenticity be satisfied. He not only gives the freedom to be outwardly what we are inwardly, 
but he also, and more importantly, enables us to be inwardly what we were designed to be by God. Jesus brings an end, brings to an end our frustrated quest for who we really are in the universe. He does this by showing us that there is a holy God, that he created us to live for his glory, that we have sinned against him and deserve judgment, that in love God sent Christ to die for our sins, and that by trusting him as Savior and Lord, we become inwardly and outwardly what God aims for us to be. I love that from John Piper. This is authenticity, the kind of authenticity where we are free to be true to who we are because of who Christ is and what he's done for us. Like the masterpiece painting, our identity is wrapped up in the one who designed us for himself. Like St. Augustine said, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds rest in thee. And when I talk with guests, and especially the young women who join me here for questions about Christianity, sometimes I describe the idea of authenticity with Jesus as the ability to come to him exactly as we are with no pretense, nothing fake about our brokenness. And that's especially beautiful if you think about it, because he already knows who we are. There's nothing hidden from him. He knows better than we do. In fact, the Bible says that he knows the very number of hairs on your head because he cares for you. So I strongly believe Jesus is where we discover true authenticity. And I also, in this episode, just wanted to touch on love here this week. And honestly, It's just skimming the surface of a very, very big iceberg. And this is just real brief. Um, There's so much I could say about love. Again, the world's definition of love falls so short. Um, When I look it up on Google, it says an intense feeling of of deep affection. But the love that comes from God is different. In fact, I found this definition and explanation on compellingtruth.org. Um, quote, it is not a feeling, it's a motivation for action that we are free to choose or reject. A sacrificial love that voluntarily suffers inconvenience, discomfort, and even death for the benefit of another without expecting anything in return. We are called to agape love through Christ's example. And then it quotes Ephesians 5, 1 through 2, which says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Friend, unconditional love is unconditional grace, getting what we don't deserve. The Bible says that God isn't just loving, although he is. He is the very definition of love. God is love. That is exactly what the Bible says in 1 John 4.16. And I wanted to share just a few more verses that share about love coming from God And like I said, this isn't even touching the tip of the iceberg here. But in case you're unfamiliar or you just need to be reminded, the Bible says a lot about God's love for us. In Romans 5, 8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 1 John 4, 9 through 10. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. 1 John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, 
but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Romans 8.37-39 No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. John 15, 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. That was the prayer that Jesus prayed the night before he died. You know, my husband, Brian, and I were reading in the Bible this morning. Actually, Brian was reading and I was listening while I was getting ready for the day. And he was reading chapter six in the book of Mark in the Bible, a chapter that's pretty jam-packed with some drama. And while I was listening this morning, I was kind of struck by all the ups and downs that are described in this one chapter of the Bible. And I'm going to briefly summarize in a very non biblical expert kind of way here. Um, But the chapter starts out with what I would call some ministry disappointments. Um, Things just didn't go as planned because people in Jesus's hometown were lacking faith. And I would say, um, this is my own summary, but I would say they were plain presumptuous and ignorant. And that story is then followed by a devastating story. Um, What would have been a huge blow? John the Baptist, Jesus's cousin who spent his life in ministry, dedicating his life to God and preparing the way for Jesus, he gets unjustly murdered. And what comes next? The disciples obviously needed some alone time and try to go for some time alone. And instead, thousands of people show up and follow them. And a fair reaction of Uh, A fair reaction for emotionally exhausted ministry guys in need of a sabbatical. Uh, I'm sure they wanted to get away. But Jesus feeds the 5,000, right? He feeds the people that are there. And he ministers to them. So after this big feeding of the 5,000, when they finally do get away from the crowds, the disciples, they get alone in a boat and Jesus uh, is behind them. He stays behind and then he comes out later, but a big storm comes upon the water and all this back and forth, all these little stories within this one chapter, it's crazy except for one thing. The disciples, they had Jesus and you get the sense that even though all of this turmoil was happening, you know, ministry disappointments and death and exhaustion, and just needing to catch a break, and having a storm come anyway. And here Jesus is calming the storm, and you get the sense that the nearness of Christ was enough. Just being near Jesus was enough. And as I was preparing some of this talk um, to record here, I was thinking about that old hymn, Just a Closer Walk with Thee, Precious Jesus, May that be my plea just to be close to you, right? And I'm misquoting some of the lines from that song, but it's an old hymn. And it's all about just being close to him, 
just having his presence is enough. And I, I've been thinking about this recently, and I just want to close with this one final little story. I've been watching um, this young woman on Instagram recently. She's, I believe, in her early 20s. She's quite young, and she's dying. And she's a very strong believer. And she's taken this opportunity of her early death, um, this huge tragedy in her life, to keep talking about the goodness of being near Jesus. And what she wrote tonight, um, today, um, was really beautiful. And if you want to follow her and her journey, um, I believe it's at Brooklyn Speaks on Instagram. Um, but anyway, and I think if I'm correct, her name is Brooklyn Salisbury, um, Brooklyn with a Y. But this is what she wrote tonight, and I'm just going to read all of it because um, she's been with hospice for a while. She's been very sick, and she's she knows she's going to die. Um, so this is what she shared. Did you die? Much like the inquiry of the tiny turtle in Finding Nemo, this question has been popping up in my inbox frequently. Answer, nope, still kicking it, if you count kicking off my bed covers when I get too warm. I haven't posted in a bit. I've been busy dying. It takes a lot of naps. Trips to the bathroom are a team effort. Pain meds make me unable to read. There hasn't been much ability to write. I seem to decline daily. Also, new things appear daily, like a surprise visit from a puppy that my dad arranged for me, which was amazing. But the new things are generally not fun, like getting a seventh tube attached to my body yesterday. As I wait for my last breaths, I am reading through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. The apostles' descriptions of Jesus' crucifixion are a gut punch for anyone. Now dying myself, the description of how my Savior died is so much more potent. It leaves me in awe of a God who was born into flesh, willing to die in brutality, and rise again for the sin of humanity. Jesus didn't just die. I'm dying in a bougie, adjustable pillow-top bed. He died naked and exposed amongst criminals. I get kind notes and cards from friends and strangers alike. He was hurled insults and abuse. My best friends visit me. His abandoned him, denying even knowing him. John 19 and Mark 14 through 15. Every step of this process makes me even more elated over the gift of salvation. Romans 10, 9 through 10. Ephesians 2.8, which I explained in depth in my previous post. Salvation is a thing better than a million puppies. So the answer is yes, I'm still alive and dying. And I don't know about you, but when I read that tonight and I thought of this young woman and her faith and how she is so um, just beautifully and intentionally sharing about the hope that she has in Jesus, the hope of seeing him face to face, but also having his presence with her now as she's going through the shadow of the valley of death. It's inspiring and it's heartbreaking, heartbreakingly beautiful. Because as I've shared here on the podcast before, we're all going to pass away at some point. This world is very temporary. But because of restoration, 
eternity, authenticity, and love, the hope that we have in Jesus. Friend, it's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. And I am so grateful for the realness that is found in Christ. And I'm so excited to keep on sharing about that on the podcast, uh, Lord willing, throughout this next uh, these next few months as I talk with young women and talk with guests. And it's just a privilege and an honor to get to share about how real and precious and beautiful and holy and amazing our God is. So if you have any questions about anything I've shared over the last few weeks, please feel free to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at Janelle underscore M underscore Wood, or you could just search Finding Something Real, or you can find me on FindingSomethingReal.com. I am so excited, and I can't wait until next time. So until then. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting young women to join me as they share their personal stories and ask honest questions or share objections to the Christian faith. We hope to feature a different story each month and then invite Christian guests on to share from their own journeys and experiences and maybe answer some of those questions in follow-up episodes. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all at whether there's something real to be found in Jesus, I invite you to come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with him. Until next time.